Gig Gab, the show for working musicians, episode 311 for Wednesday, July 7th, 2021. And welcome to or welcome back to Gig Gab, the show by, for, and about working musicians here at the moment in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. Here in Napomo, California, it's Paul Kent. <sighs> so I had that that voyeuristic rehearsal last week, Paul, that, that I was so concerned about. Um, mm-hmm. Man, it worked out great. Uh, it Like, my concerns were completely unfounded. I think, though, perhaps it was valuable to have the concerns because we wound up starting rehearsal. We told people they could get there at eight. We wound up starting rehearsal probably closer to seven. People started coming in seven thirty or whatever. But but we had the vibe going uh, that, that it was a rehearsal that people were walking into. Like they they didn't get seated. And then we came out and presented a rehearsal. Right. It was a happening thing. And they sort of peppered in and took their seats and and. I think that certainly, well, it worked. Whether that was part of why it worked or not, I can't tell you. We don't have a control to compare against, but uh, but it worked. So I was stoked about that. Good. Yeah, it was. It was. It was actually kind of nice. You know, what, um, what made it so good? Well, it was a. Good, we had a good rehearsal. Um, Just played well. Yeah. Well, everybody was like in it. We didn't play entirely well. I mean, there, it was our first rehearsal. <laughs> but but no one was distracted by the fact that there were these people around, you know, watching us, which was great. Uh, it really was just a rehearsal. And it was kind of cool to be able to share that. You know, so many people don't understand because they aren't in bands how cool band rehearsal is. Right. It is it is the antithesis of performance. Right. It's it's you're just together. You're there for each other. You stop songs, you talk about problems, you talk about enhancements, right? Like, I, I know these are things that almost everyone listening here has experienced and, and probably takes for granted. But hearing my family, my wife and daughter were, were two of the people that were there. But I, I heard this from uh, many of the people who were there after the fact. They were like, gosh, what a cool thing. I never quite realized. Even my wife, who, you know, obviously I've known her for decades. She's never been to band practice. Um, she's never really had a place at band practice, you know? And so she's like, it was really kind of cool to just see that element of what you do with so much of your life. Like, Oh, okay. So that was kind of cool. Like, you know, so an interesting thing, I, I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to have, um, voyeuristic band practice opportunities, <laughs> but, um, I'm glad that, that, that one worked as well as it did and gave at least a few people, sort of a, a glimpse into how cool just, band practice know. is. Yeah. yeah. Well, band practice, I love band practice. It's like, it's the place where everything is like, it's sacred to me, you know, cause but that's the thing that that's actually the thing about a voyeuristic, like it is sacred. It is kind of, you know, under the dome. Mm. And, and I, I, when we did ours, you know, yeah. it kind of like it, it was consciously people, it wasn't like a band practice. It, it was, was a like, show. More like, yeah, it was a dress it, it, rehearsal. Yeah, we stopped a couple things maybe because we were in kind of rehearsal, you know, spot check mode. Yeah. But but um, 
I'm agreeing with you that that rehearsals are sacred things. You know, they are times where you know the creativity and the and the innovation and you know just just you're creating something. It all happens. And pre- yeah, and preparing something, right? You're, That's right. You're, you're you're making the secret sauce, and so um, that is an interesting thing. I do have to kind of share something. We, Remarkable one, with you. One other thing, and then I want to hear this. One other thing that we did for anybody that wants to do this is we set up in the round facing each other. So there was wow. no one facing the crowd. We were right. there for and that was very intentional. And I, I think that also helped to create that vibe that people were sort of looking in on something, not here we are presenting a rock band that that we are telling you is rehearsing. It was very obvious yeah. that we were rehearsing. You know, you know, That's so cool. yeah, it was cool. Anyway, go ahead. So you don't know this. I don't know um, anything. But my dear friend, my bass player for 20 years, just let me know that he's moving out of the state. Ooh. And yeah. How <laughs> so, how how soon is this happening? My bass player and dear friend of 20 years gave us 30 days notice <gasps> in the middle of a in the middle of a pretty big schedule. So um I think they bought a house and oh, um, okay. And I think it just happened faster than he yeah. thought it would. And it's, you know, and okay. And so I this was, this, this and, was an external life event, not I'm sick of the band, not like no, 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 no hard yeah, feelings yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything. Yeah. It was just life goes on and sometimes life causes ripple effects and, yes. and you are a ripple effect. Okay. Got it. And, and so about a month ago, as we were, you know, starting to plan coming out of everything, he said, hey, you know, just a heads up, um, we're thinking, you know, maybe sure. in the wintertime we, we may relocate. And then all of a sudden it just happened. Yeah. And I bring this up, actually, I have a lot more that I'm going to want to share about this, but I bring this up in the context of the sacredness of rehearsal because of the many things I'll miss of my great friend, he was the most, he was the catalyst of so much in the rehearsals. I mean, mm. he, brilliant musician, um, he was our problems, is our problem solver. Whenever whenever things weren't matching up to a horn chart that was charted or whenever there was a clash, you know, he, he could solve the theory things. He had, has, I talk about him like he's dead. Um, he, um, <laughs> right. he um, such a sense of groove and pocket. I mean, he could just solve those types of things for us. So, you know, between having a great formal, you know, musical training, just a great intuitive musician. And so in the realm of that sacred place of rehearsal, Steve, to me, it, it was the, it was the center of it. I mean, he was, you know, like opinions would fly, but he had such respect for his musical chops and his musical sense that, and he, you know, never over, never heavy handed, never an air of temper to him at all, anything like that he just solved problems and, you know, he was right so often that you just come to, you know, deflect on it. And, and in those moments, I'm just kind of thinking about that, you know, you're, it is sacred. And in those moments when a light bulb would come on because a good problem was solved and whether it started, you know, whether him kind of definitively saying, here's how we can get through this or him just giving us enough to, you know, Solve it yourself. Yeah. Or, or jointly solve it. Yeah. And and all those types of things. And this, I, I remember one time we were having a problem where our drummer wasn't getting, uh, Joe, our, our first drummer, wasn't getting a particularly difficult um, passage to end a song. 
Sure. And so, you know, they were going through, you know, trying to sing phrases to him so he could hear it in a different way, counting it for just, you know, like as many ways yeah. to do it. Yeah. And, Attack the problem from all angles and see which one sticks. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just remember it, it was without a technical, like, you know, without a technical understanding of, of what's going on, you know, dotted 32nd note type things. Um, helping a guy get to that place and just kind of watching it and just watching like really good experience, you know, savvy musicians walking a less trained musician through a, a, a difficult problem to get to the right place was a really remarkable thing. And it was just really rewarding when it clicked. And every time we played that ending from then on, there was a smile that goes all the way around the stage because we solved, mm. you know, the problem together. So yeah, I, I, I do want to emphatically agree with you that um what happens in a rehearsal space i mean i've been certainly there are rehearsals that are contentious and you know uh, of course that are, that oh, are, yeah. you know that's part of the deal but actually you know you could make the argument that that's what makes the good stuff no that's that's part of it is it and that's it it's it, to use the word sacred is is an efficient way of saying that you know you're free to have those conversations about solving problems where you are going to either be the subject of or, or pointing a finger at someone saying, no, you're doing that wrong or I'm doing that wrong. And, and then solving it together, not, not, an, not in an adversarial way, although, like you said, sometimes th that happens. But most of the time, it's, we're, we're looking to, to get this right or to figure this thing out, whatever that is. And, and there's a, there's a, um, What's the right word? It, it you're exposed, right? It's not the here we've polished this thing. It's a, a very sort of raw environment where everyone is there to perfect their craft and perfect what the band is doing as a whole. But that's the rush of it, right? We're that's all walking it. on a wire. We're yeah. all walking on a wire exposed together, right? Right. And that's the, right. That sense of team. And you know, this is this thing. This is why bands are special things. This is why it's different to have a band than just call up a collection of people to read down charts and that type of stuff, right? So whether it's whether it's the experience of shared crisis that gets then gets channeled into good music, or you know the the joy of you know uh, of uh, collaboration, you know mutual yeah. collaboration, you know all all that stuff is why bands are still special things, and they are incredibly rare things and you know it's interesting to me how people go about the business of of teamwork right it, it's true i am um, we, we have a couple yeah we have a couple of uh, listener questions but i i wound up and we will get to those i promise uh but i wound up seeing a concert the other night and uh, another and i think the last of the socially distanced concerts that we have on the schedule for the summer it was a country band called old dominion i knew something about them but not a ton and as we were going into it, I asked my daughter, I'm like, do these guys write their own songs or are they like many, you know, Nashville originated acts where they're playing other people's songs? She's like, no, no, they write their own songs. About halfway through the show, three of the band members, and I think it's really important to stop here and note that there are five members of this band, Old Dominion, and have always been the same five members. It's not, you know, three songwriters that I'm about to tell you about. And then two studio musicians or road musicians that were picked up in Nashville just to do this particular tour. They've all played together since the beginning of this particular band. But about halfway through the show, three of the five guys came to the front of the stage with acoustic guitars. 
and started playing through all of the songs, like a, a verse or a chorus or both, you know, 30 seconds, 30 to 60 seconds of all these songs that they had written for people like Luke Bryan and Dierks Bentley and like all the number ones that they had written that you didn't mm. know were old Dominion songs. Right. Like, and it was like, Oh, this is interesting. And these guys are three individual songwriters that, that have that as their livelihood. And then also they are each one fifth of this product known as old Dominion that goes and plays their own songs out there on the road. And it was really an interesting thing because that is rare anywhere, but it's also extremely rare in country music because often you'll just get, you know, like I said, maybe one songwriter or a couple songwriters. And then when they go out on the road, it's like, okay, we'll put together a band. The bands are always good. And it is a, a band for the tour, but it's not necessarily the same people that, you know, slog through it in smaller clubs for years and years. Right. Like right. It's, a, it's a different thing. It was an interesting band. The, um, the lead singer, the main lead singer, I should say, they all could sing fairly well. Um, but the guy who sort of ran the show reminded me, his name's Matthew something. And I don't have it in front of me, reminded me of Sammy Hagar in, in that way that he makes you feel like this is the most important show he's, he and the band mm -hmm. have ever played. It was, it was handled somewhat differently from Sammy because everybody has their own style, but he was as good at it as Sammy Hagar was. And this is a band I knew very little about. I think I knew a couple other tunes going into the show and loved it. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, and I thought of you, they ended the set. So we saw him on July 5th. The night before they played three nights here in Guilford, New Hampshire. And the night before I'd looked at the set list and they'd thrown in two covers um, that they did not participate in writing. So truly covers. They opened the show with American girl because of course it was July 4th. And then they played um, uh, pink houses later in the, sh you know, maybe it was part of the encore also because it was July 4th. And I saw the set list and I'm like, Oh, well, we're probably not going to get that tonight. And sure enough, no, we didn't, you know, the show didn't start that way, but they ended their set. Before they came out with the encore, they ended their set with um, uh, You Wreck Me, which was mm. killer. And I remember great you and song. I played that tune in the yeah. Macworld All-Star Band. And, uh, but what a great tune. It was so – and they were cooking too. It was um, – you know, after having heard that this was you know the best show of the run and all that and the band was really on fire, then hearing them play it, you, know, you can't help but apply that lens that – this is really is the best night of the, the run. And, you know, whether it's true or not, it's sort of irrelevant in the moment. You believe it. And um, and then therefore it's true. So it was fun. It was fun. You know, it was a good little show. Um, my the bar was set low because I didn't really know anything going in. But um, it's nice to see live music again. It was nice to see electric guitars on stage. Finally, I, the, all the concerts I've been to so far have all been like these acoustic things. And this How was, big a venue was it? Uh, it's the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion, I think. Um, in a, in a, in a full, uh, capacity, it would hold 15, let's see. No, it'll oh, hold, it, uh, it's, it's a, it's a shed type venue. So there's the, the pavilion, the covered pavilion and then, uh, lawn seats. And so it'll hold about 10,000 people, I think 6,000 in the, in the, under the pavilion and then about 4,000 out in the lawn. So, but it was, it wasn't that it was maybe 30% capacity. Uh, but, um, it was fun. It was good to see, like I said, it was good to see, you know, electric guitars on stage and really a band that up there cooking. It was fun. It was good. Awesome. Yeah, man. More on any of this or is it time to uh, answer Eric and hopefully Raymond's questions? Let's go. All right. Eric writes, 
He says, uh, I'm looking for inexpensive in-ear monitors. In one of your recent podcasts, you mentioned the ones where you take a picture of your ears and get a custom fit. I couldn't find the link for that company. Where do I find it? I play bass in a large Bay Area horn band like Paul's. The horns are great players, but they are in front of me and their monitors are loud. The trumpet feels like an ice pick being jammed into my ears sometimes <laughs> when he hits some notes. Yeah. <laughs> Simon, 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 who stands in front of the trumpets, calls it. The business end of the trumpet. The business end. There you go. I like that. Yeah, that's that's smart. He says, um, uh, I don't want to drop nearly $1,000 on this and be frustrated. I want to try it out, but I want to go as inexpensive as possible and hopefully not have to buy again for a while. My wife is still in shock from the $10,000 recording studio bill. Well, I'm glad your recording studio was 10000 Mine was budgeted at that and then was double. Uh, so... That what you're talking about or what you're asking about here are the waves customs, W A V S custom. And, and they are there. I will call those a hybrid custom in that the outer ear portion is molded to fit your outer ear because of the picture that you take with your, with your iPhone. And it does have to be an iPhone, but you can borrow friends. It uses the, the face ID camera to do that. Uh, the inner ear portion is a, universal fit you you put a tip on it and you can put different size tips to fit in your ear and really seal in so they do seal very very well and they do have that custom look and they sound pretty good comfort wise for me they very much fall into the realm of universal fits uh they don't fit like customs and that's because your inner ear is is that you know universal fit with a with a rubberized tip or a foam tip or whatever it is you choose to use uh, on the end um, with that, I've, you know, I've, I've tried out a few recently and the Mackie MP series universal fits, I find a lot more comfortable and versatile than the, the waves. There's nothing inherently wrong with the waves. It's just that, you know, if, and if you want that custom look, man, there's no better way to get it than the waves, but the, the Mackie MP series, I've tried the 240 and the 320, and I like them both for different reasons. The 240 is less ex expensive, and it's a hybrid, which means it has a balanced armature for the high end and a dynamic driver and actual speaker for the low end, uh, which can really help out if you need that low end to thump a little bit in your head. And then the 310, 310, 320 uh, <laughs> is a, a triple armature uh, enclosure. So it's got three sets of, of armatures in there. It's a little more articulate than um than the 240s but doesn't quite have that roundness on the low end so depending on on what you want uh those are the ones to consider i'll put links to all three of those in the in the show notes like i said they're all i, I was impressed by each of them but but for different reasons and hopefully i've explained that here uh, do you have any do you remember we had a conversation three four weeks ago about how there's like this disruption going on in pro audio that there's oddly inexpensive and and you know, quality products that kind of come in and challenge your assumption, whether they be knockoff guitars or whether they be whatever. Right. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. No, we, so, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So, um, Nick who, uh, you know, he's doing the 16 P Nick and my band is doing the 16 piece Zappa tribute. They've, they're out looking for, um, in ears for mm. their, for their singers. And he's come across these Chinese imports. Um, there's a couple of them that he told me about. One is called, I think Linsoul, L-I-N-S-O-U-L, five drivers for $49 on Amazon. That's right. right. Yup. 
uh, and another one called KZ, I think, and they might be the same company. But anyway, I think they, I think, yeah, I've, I, I have a couple of these. I think that is Linsoul. I think it's the same. Um, this, it's, it's, it, it comes from the same family, at least. Uh, I've got those and several very inexpensive, custom, fully custom molds uh, in my in in a. I do research and I keep a little list of things. And so I've got those in my list and that's something I plan on digging into in the next few weeks here, because I, like you said, there's, there's the opportunity to, to maybe get, you know, fully custom without the, the name brand price tag. I don't know though. Like I don't, I want to make sure that, you know, we have not tested any of these yet, so I can't speak to, but it, but to your point, it's interesting, right? Like, well, and I can actually give you kind of historical, um, you know, like, like Simon and Nick are encouraged by what they've tried. You know, it's, yeah. it's cheap enough to, you know, to, you know, give them a try and see if they work. Right. Right. So they, they, and actually I would ask you to do this for listeners and for my edification. So you're, you're an engineer with a fairly discerning uh, ear. No, I'd say an extraordinarily discerning ear, right? I try to, I try to maintain well, my ears too. Yeah. So, so step out of your body for a second and, you know, if someone is not an engineer, they're, you know, kind of, a, they're, you know, like I think our sweet spot of our listeners often the kind of weekend warrior Yeah, is a five driver versus a seven driver in here going to make a tremendous amount of difference. Um, you know, to me, again, who has not solved my in-ear difficulties, it's not about fidelity, you know, and, and amongst the craziness of what's going on on stage at any particular moment. I'm not quite as focused in comfort of pure fidelity. I'm more like just trying to survive. So, so, and, and I think you'd admit that that is one, that is one way that people deal with in, in your monitors is that they're, you know, they're a crutch to help them get it through a show. Right. Oh Well, so I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't like this idea that the, 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 the bar to hit is survival, right? Like it's for anyone, whether you have a discerning ear or not, I, I, I want everybody to have a better experience than that. However, get that. however, well, that's it. However, stages are loud. Clubs are small, you know, uh, high frequency things are crashing around in many ways. It's not often a pristine listening experience. And so that's kind of my point. No, is, it's, it's not the, the idea is, I mean, even for me, it, it does, it, it's it doesn't matter how many drivers or how they're EQ'd or what they're made of. Uh, if I've got a bad mix, it's a bad mix. If I'm getting yep. distortion in there, that's another bad thing. So it's it really is like I said, you know, the the the, the two Mackies that I talked about, you know, the, there's a two driver and a three driver. They, they both sound great, but I could also make both of them sound terrible really easily by by putting a bad mix in or even right. just having things too loud so that at some point in the, in the chain, there's a, a distortion happening. And even if that's not happening in my ears, I'm passing distortion along. That shouldn't be there. Not just like distortion from a guitar, but you know, like an overdriven something somewhere. There's a lot of gain points when you're talking right. about in ears and, and you can have distortion at all of them or some of them. Um, so it, it's about finding something that could reproduce what you want. And then Getting it there. And and I would say any of the things that we have mentioned, of course, I haven't tested the KZ slash Linsoles, but, you know, my guess is that at the right volume level, they can reproduce anything. So and you don't want it super loud on stage. Like part of this idea is to protect our hearing, not just to hear well, mm-hmm. but to do it safely. 
So you don't need something that can reproduce, you know, 120 dB in your ear. That sort of defeats the purpose, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but other people, I know people are different. Um, but, you know, that's my opinion. Uh, however, you know, getting something that seals well so that you can hear at a lower volume, like that to me is super important. It, it, the, the seal is like number one, the most important thing, because without that, you're fighting everything around you in a huge way. Right. And so, you know, figuring that out first and getting something that's comfortable is important. So, you know, we're not even talking about the sound quality yet. You know, it's just, does it fit you? Uh, and, and that really is, I think the, the, the place to start. So get something that fits that you're willing to wear for hours and not feel fatigued. Uh, and then, and then you get, you're right. You can get into the nuances of it. I did notice when I moved from my Ultimate Ears 7s to my Ultimate Ears 11s that there was a huge world that opened up. Like I felt like I heard an, um, a less inside my head sound than I did with, you know, with the 11s than I did with the 7s. It just opened it up. But in retrospect, many years later, and having replaced the cable on my 11 once, I think that might have been the cable on my sevens because when I replaced the cable on my elevens, it was like the same experience. Like, Oh, you know, it just opened up the top end. Things could breathe more for lack of a better term. And I, I, I think, I mean, those cables get the crap beat out of them. You know, we're bending them around our ears. We're, we're tying them around our belt loops or whatever we're doing. Like they're, you know, there's a lot of wear and tear on those things and they're really thin cables. And so I, I feel like maybe there's something, to you know, replace your cable once a year, whether you think you need to or not, because you you get used to the gradual deterioration yeah. or, or evolution of the sound. Whether it's a deterioration or a lot depends on on your perspective, but it evolves. And to me, it didn't evolve in a good way. So I don't know. There's, you're right, though. You don't like it. There is a there is a point past which it makes very little difference. I don't want to say it makes no difference, but but there's a it it you know the curve sort of rounds off uh, at the top end. And, and you start getting into these really like sort of nitpicky nuances. So yep. yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, I'm curious to check out some of these, you know, inexpensive off brand custom molds. Cause I, I, I think there might be some magic there. They, you know, it's worth, it's like what I did with those pile drum microphones, right? Before I went out and spent a thousand bucks on a set of drum mics, I spent a hundred bucks on the, the seven piece pile drum mic set from Amazon and they are still on my kit here. I've recorded everything during pandemic on those and they sound amazing, but I, I, they, there was no guarantee they were going to sound amazing. I just had right. to, I had to, but I had to know before I had to know what a hundred bucks got me before I went and spent a thousand. And my guess is that, you know, a lot of these things are, uh, you know, let's say, and I don't know, but you know, let's say, um, audics contracts with a Chinese factory. I don't know whether Audix does or not. So just bear with me. They contract with a Chinese factory to build their microphones. Right. And then, uh, you know, so they, that factory says, okay, we can deliver X amount of these microphones. You know, we work, we need to work 10 hours a day. We need to run the factory 10 hours a day to deliver what, what they've purchased. Awesome. Well, those factories often run 24 hours a day and, you know, out the back door, they sell the exact same thing uh, with a different name on it. And, you know, Chinese culture and, manufacturing culture, I should say, I don't want to speak about Chinese culture, but Chinese manufacturing culture and, and the laws are such that that's not necessarily, you know, a bad thing. That's just how it works. So if you can find what they're selling out the back door, that's not a bad deal. Usually you just don't get, 
You just don't get Audix's warranty. So anyway, and I'm not saying that the pile mics are Audix mics. In fact, I'm pretty sure they're not, but that's sort of the the mentality I went in with. It's like, they probably know how to make microphones wherever they made these. Let me see how, how they are. Are we ready for the next one? Yeah, actually, Go. I'm thinking about microphones. So, you know, yeah, uh, microphones are a, a um, almost a fetish type thing. I own more microphones than I ever thought I would, right? We got that one great deal from Warm Audio a couple of years ago. And that sure. was or last year. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, you know, you get, you know, so many mics are, you know, are buyable things without costing a ton of money. Mm-hmm. There's a brand, do you know SE microphones? I, I do know SE microphones. Yes. They're very impressive. They're, they have one that's like a, a, a beta 58 competitor for 99 bucks. It's supposed to be really awesome. That's the next one I'm interested in. Yeah, I was BX, using them. X7. Okay. Uh, I know. The, and what's, what's the, um, what's that one brand of microphones you've been working with for quite a while? That company in Pennsylvania, I think. Uh, oh, you're talking about Heil mics? Yeah. So yeah. Walsh is a, is a investor or something. Yeah. He's a business partner of Bob's. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, Hyle's been making microphones for a very long time. They great microphones. They make, I love their mics. They, they, yeah. in fact, I'm talking into one right now. Uh, <laughs> they make, I'm talking into the PR 40 for anybody who cares. And of course I, I do that and turned right towards it on exactly the wrong angle to, to get some plosives, but um, apologies. Uh, the, um, their mics and my voice are in my opinion, a perfect match. Like it, it, once I found their microphones and it really almost doesn't matter that I think I, I like how I sound on the PR 40. I sing into a, either a PR 30 or a PR 35. The PR twenties are fantastic. Um, yeah, they, but again, it's about finding the right microphone for the right application. And the dollar amount of the price is often not the most important factor. It turns out, right. Not that Heil mics are inexpensive. I mean, you know, I think this mic I'm on here is about a $400 microphone. So, I mean, they, they, you know, they, they sell for what they're worth, but, um, but yeah, finding the right one. But those SEs, I think I was using them at a recent gig. Somebody had them as overheads and, you know, especially for a live application. I mean, you're not getting like, I, I don't know that I'd be able to tell the difference between, mm. you know, a hundred dollar mic and a five thousand dollar mic as an overhead in a live show like it's like can you hear the symbols yep all right cool let's go you know does it pick up enough of the low end of the toms yep all right let's go you know like, that's pretty much it so yeah yeah it's cool mics are fun mics are fun i have more i had to split my microphones out into a separate case recently i used to be mm-hmm. able to keep them in like the same tub that i keep sort of my my emergency utilities and they now have to live in a separate case because i have too many that i need to bring around with me i'm not proud of this paul but you know it's just how it goes more microphones than sense maybe that's what it is and i'm not sure if that's s-e-n-s-e or c-e-n-t-s <laughs> <laughs> all right uh all right raymond yeah. Yeah. I, this one, I, I'll, I'm going to have advice to share, but really this one is for y'all. I want to know what you think about this because I think it's only together that we're going to be able to get Raymond the right answer. So uh, Raymond says, um, I love the podcast. I recently found it now. And now my wife is complaining that I've always got my earbuds in. I've started from the very first episode and have been religiously binge listening. That's amazing. Um, thanks Raymond. And I hope it wasn't too terrible to try and get through those first batch of episodes while we were finding our rhythm. Uh, 
He says, we have recently formed a soft rock folk and country group that focuses on vocals, three vocalists and one acoustic guitar and a bass player that uses his own amp. We need at least three vocal channels and another channel for acoustic guitar and would be good to have a few extra channels for more vocals slash acoustic guitars to be added in the future. I'm trying to figure out what PA to purchase for gigs. Uh, We will be playing small to medium sized restaurant and bar gigs along with some smaller outdoor venues. It seems like the array style PAs have limited channels unless you get the Bose mixer, but that's very pricey. Uh, We would like to keep the budget around 1500 if possible, but willing to spend more if convinced the value is there. We used the Fender conference at our last outdoor gig, and it was only good for around 50 feet out and then started losing clarity and volume. Uh, I'd rather be a bit overpowered than under. We really appreciate uh, a recommendation or two from you all. So, you know, my, you know, I have an opinion about this, right? This is great. Yeah. I, I think they're right to go with one of these, you know, a line array tower speakers, whatever you want to call it. Um, there is a wide variety of price. I, I looked quickly, Paul, and I'll put these in the, in the show notes, but just running down the list of things that again, you know, I can only answer this the using the, if I were in your shoes department, and I guess I have to, I have to extend that. If I were in your shoes and I didn't already own a bunch of gear, what would I go buy? Um, so there's the Bose systems. The L one is the least expensive of those at the eight, eight, eight ninety nine. the least expensive that I think would work for him. Um, then there's the Fishman similar thing. The SA three thirty X at eight fifty. the mass Mackie SRM flex is 800. Uh, I haven't tried that one yet, but I have tried their reach, which is sort of the predecessor to it and works well. And then there's the turbo sounds, the IP 500 or the IP 300. That's it's 838 for the 500 and 460 for the 300. And then I found the Knox line array, Paul, that looks to be very similar to the first few I mentioned, and that's 200 bucks. So I'd be mm. really tempted to spend 200 bucks and find out how that thing works because based on exactly why we just had that last conversation. Yeah. So, you know, I can give you my only firsthand knowledge. I've, I've heard the turbo sound is sounds really good. They're fantastic. Um, yeah. Played the Mackie and that sounds actually quite good. The second generation of it sounds quite good, but you know, I I've lived on these Bose arrays for a long time now. I'm, I'm actually on my third generation of them. Yeah. And so, uh, I would, I, I'm not sure about the L one, the new L one, but I have the L one pro 16. So I think there's three current, current, I think you can still get the old ones, Yeah, which might be, a, which actually might be a good, might be the good, the way to go. I think that's what you're going to get for that eight ninety nine or whatever that I found. Right. Because the other ones are, are more than that, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I will tell you that, um, reliability, absolute clarity of sound and I love the presets that come with the tone match system. So mm. on the L1 Pro 16, it actually has a three-channel mixer built into it now. So three before it just had one channels, but it actually has a three-channel mixer built into it. And um, so two channels that actually have tone match. So like when I go out, just singer-songwriter myself, guitar goes into one, mic goes into the other, dial in the, the tone match presets. Sounds great. Um, and then you can add a Bose mix. You can actually add any mixer. Um, but again, if you want, if you like what Bose does with the tone match um, presets, um, you can then add a four or eight channel mixer. So you can have six or 10 channels mm. um, on a L L one pro 16, 16 pro. Yep. Um, I I've, I've loved it. And you know, I, so many people in the kind of acoustic scene that I was in, adopted it and you know just swear by it again the sound quality is awesome it you're paying a little bit for bose's name but the quality is actually really good and the reliability has been really good 
And like I said, the, the, the presets to me are awesome. If you get the mixer, you also now have, a, um, you also now have a, a unit that can go out to a, you know, recording if you wanted to do that. That's kind of cool. Um, it's, it's good stuff. I mean, it, it sounds great. It sounds very alive. And, you know, from my understanding, I think, Dave, there's actually a couple things going on. One, you can still get the older generation of Bose stuff, and that might actually be a really good deal right now. Yeah. And then there's a new generation of which there's three models. My understanding from reading the Bose website, and they have a couple of videos on this, there's power difference and there's throw differences. So That's the right. way that the arrays are tuned and how far they'll reach and the manner in which they'll reach is is really the distinguishing thing. So yeah, the, the Pro 32 is the biggest, the most powered and also the widest reach. But they also talk about like if you're typically playing on stages and you need it to project downward, the 16 might be better than the than the 32. If you're playing on flat surfaces and you need to go far, you know, to the back. And they, they also will give you a few... Um, Hence, you gotta you gotta discerningly read this because there's a little bit of marketing stuff in there. There's a little bit of science in there, which is I think that's kind of typical of Bose, right? Like yeah. great engineering, you know, a little bit of a veneer of of how how great are we that kind of goes along with it. I will say I love it. Like I said, I'm on my third generation of it, and they've all been absolutely fantastic. In fact, sold the first generation to no first generation is up uh, at my friend Mel's house, and we use it as a as a PA for our for our little pickup band. Uh, Simon bought my second generation and he loves it. So I, I can, I can give a firsthand absolute recommendation of the Bose stuff. Sounds great. Maybe a little bit more, but you know, it's reliable and sounds great. And you know, I love it. Have heard the turbo sound sounds very good. Have if, heard the Mac sounds very good. If I was going to do it, I would, I, I, I like the, I like the versatility of the turbo sound the best uh, of the three, the Bose, the Mackie and the turbo sound. Cause those are the, those are the ones that I've used. And the, the way that you can really kind of tweak things and, and the ease, I should say, with which you can tweak things on the turbo sound to just get them to to work. Now, I, you know, I mentioned the 300 and the 500 here, uh, the ones that I've used and and like that we've used at that football field where we play with the acoustic band. Those are I think John's got a 1000 and a 2000 and those will hit you at the 50 yard line with thump in the chest. Like seriously, like they, mm -hmm. they throw a long way, but they also work really well in a small club without overpowering things. Like th that's what I'm saying is you can really kind of quickly, easily tune these things to do what you need to do. So I've, I've been impressed with what turbo sound, uh, which I think is a Behringer, right? It's a music group product, I think, or music tribe, whatever they, whatever the freaking name is. I don't know, man, it's weird. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, those, I think I'm pretty, I'm almost certain. Yeah. They're a music tribe. Yeah. So, um, I've been impressed with those, but like, but like you, I, the, the, the Mackie and the Bose are also fantastic. I'm curious to check out the, the new Mackie, the SRM flex. Like I said, I've got the reach and that works really well. Uh, but, it, but they don't sell that anymore. Although if you can find one that might work well for you for like your indoor venues, it's probably not, maybe not outdoors. Um, but this knock system, $199. That's what, I mean, that, what the I, heck? I know. It's like that's and worth it's got what Amazon. It's got a hundred and thirty-seven hundred percent positive, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the what's thing going on here, Dave. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like it's worth testing it out. Um, as far as the mixer, you know, you're the way you described it, and I think you're smart. Is that you know you need four channels, 
Uh, you almost certainly are going to get to a point where having eight wouldn't be a bad idea. You know, for example, throwing your bass player in there so that if you are playing outdoors, you could add the bass to that that mix and actually, you know, uh, move that air. I would err towards the side of buying a separate mixer. There's no all of these these line arrays that we've talked about, you can just run a line into them from your mixer. So you can do separate mixing and then just run a line in. You don't yeah. have to use the mixer that comes with it. And the nice part about that is that mixer now can move with you if you decide, oh, well, you know, I got this Knox thing. It worked out all right. I got two of them. It worked out pretty well. But now I want to go up to the turbo side. I want to go to the IP3000. I want more low end, whatever it is. Uh, you know, you can still use the same mixer all the way through because none of these things are going to have enough channels for you uh, yeah. in the way that you're doing it. Right. So with that in mind, there's a couple of ways that I'd go with mixers. Uh, you know that I'm a big fan of digital mixers. There's really two that for your sort of target here, Raymond, that I would that I would throw out. But that's only because these are the two that I've used in that range. Again, if somebody else feedback at giggabpodcast.com, we want to hear from you. Uh, that would be the Behringer XR, which is the XR18. It's got 16 XLR inputs and or the Mackie DL16S. Same kind of thing, 16 inputs. They're, the the XR is 550 bucks. The Mackie is 850 bucks. These are fully digital mixers. The nice part about that is you've got you know compression and EQ and all of that on every channel, and you can tune it at home for your microphone, your instrument. And then bring it out and it saves all those settings for you and you're good to go. Makes life easy at the gig. If you want to go simpler and just have a simple mixer that is, you know, we'll call it mostly analog. Um, two came to mind for me. There's the Soundcraft EPM8, which has eight XLRs for 300 bucks. And there's the Mackie. They've got that new Pro FX series, the 12 V3 uh, has seven XLRs, So be careful. Cause like the Mackie will say, Oh, it's a, it's a 12 channel mixer. Well, it is, but you need to care about how many XLR inputs you can put into that thing. And that, you know, that one's got seven. So just bear that in mind. Don't just buy based on the the title or the name of the product. Take a look at it and you can see, and that's like, I think like three twenty nine. So I'll put links to all these, but, but I almost don't want to, because I want to wait to hear from everybody first, but I will, I'll put these in there and you know, all the things that Paul and I've talked about here. So, Anything, any more thoughts on that, man? Mm. It's a fun thing. It is. I mean, again, be able to start at $199. You almost, you know, you almost would try that. If you don't like it, you send it back. That's right? what I'm saying. I, like, that's yeah. really where I, if, if it were me and I didn't already have gear, that's what I'd try for the same reason that I tried those microphones, you know, and take a look at it, you know, not just the way it sounds, but how how rugged it feels right because you're going to be throwing this thing in and out of a car it's going to be late you know one night you're going to throw it in you're not going to be quite as ginger with it as you might want to be so be honest with yourself about how you're going to treat these things and take a look but i've used some of this knox gear before not the speakers but um i've used knox microphones before and they're they like they're knockoffs at least the microphones that i've used were were definite like knockoffs of the audio technica and they were half the price and worked at least as well, if not better. So that could be one of those backdoor deals. Um, Very cool. Yeah, I know. It's cool. I wanted to talk about dress today, Paul, but here we are at 43 minutes and you've got to head off for a four gig weekend and I've got to head off to a rehearsal. So I think we're going to save dress and I have a magic word to use uh, for next week if that works. What's the magic word? I'm not going to tell you the magic word until we, uh, until we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm saving my magic word, but but thinking about how we're dressing at gigs, I I, I think is a good thing to for us to think about. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I'll tell you, I I observe. Uh, you know, we have our friends over at Coverman Central, Coverman Confidential, and you know, the interests that we all have cross over to all the different groups, right? Of course. And it's been really interesting to me to watch the conversations about. You know, do who cares if I wear cargo shorts on? Who cares if I use an iPad? You know, we've covered all this stuff and we've talked about it ad nauseum. But um, it's funny to see the perspectives of musicians around the country, around the world when it comes to the same old things. Right. And yeah. so dress is just one of those things. You know, you, you'll have people who look you right in the eye and say, it does not matter if I play good. What does it care? Yep. You know what I what I look like? And and there's other people who have very, very strong opinions the other way. As, and I, as, and and where I want to take the conversation, I can't promise where the conversation will go, but where I want to take the conversation is neither of those. I don't have a religion on it. Well, I might, but only for me. But I, I there's a that I think we can have a conversation that that applies to all of us, whether we uh, whether we subscribe to the it doesn't matter what I wear. It matters what I how I play or not. So mm. I think I think we can I think we can do this together. I'm just we're not going to do it today. Into next week. I look forward to it. Same. That's what I got for today. You got anything else? No, I'm right. off for, uh, I'm leaving. You know, my, my little dream is coming true here. I'm going to do a swing through my old area and do four nights, uh, three acoustic nights and one uh, house rocker night. And, so awesome. um, and I got some calls for some gigs down here, some referrals, some nice, you know, musicians that I met down here have, you know, referred me. I, I will say one thing. I, I did a gig not too long after I got here at a really a, a good gig, like a really good venue, paid well, nice people, just a hard gig to get. And, you know, they, they, I sent them my stuff and, and they hired me, right? I thought the gig went really well. And when I went to follow up, I got nothing back. I did not hear from the booker. I didn't get a return email. She wouldn't, she didn't take my calls for a while. And I was like, I, I, what did I, I do wrong? Just, what happened? Yeah, you know, you know, you know that feeling, right? Like I thought it went really well. Like people seemed to really be into it, and you know, it was a good night. And to get nothing back from the booker, and so you know, it was a little discouraging for a while. And then she called and and you know, gave me another night, uh, which to me, repeat business is the ultimate. Oh, you know, in in it, any it, business, if a customer yeah. comes and buys from you again. That is a ringing right. endorsement. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they know what oh. they're getting the first time. It might be more like, well, we'll take a chance on this guy. Right. The second time is no chance. I mean, there, there still is, trust me, <laughs> but you know, you might have a bad night, um, but much less of a chance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, good stuff happening. I'm getting some work down here, which, you know, starting to open That's up exciting. and it's fun. And then, you know, I got a, a nice summer planned. I ask everybody out there to send good vibes that I go through this bass player transition that I'm about to go through, yeah, but it goes smoothly. We have a good plan. We have a guy who has been a friend of the band for a long time. Oh, good. And, uh, you know, he's already, you know, learning charts and getting ready to sub. I actually, it'll be some good stuff to talk about how we're going to do that. We're going to, we're going to do it as a sub relationship for yep. a while. We're not just saying, you know, Hey, join the band. It's we're in the middle of a, no, you don't a, have enough time schedule. to bring someone new in and make them a, a band. Like I, I, right. I think that's smart, man, to, to, you know, try out even a couple of subs and see who gels and who winds up sticking around. And then that's your new bass player. Yep. So we're going to be on that journey again, replacing a great dear friend, 20 years we've been playing together. Yeah. His uh, emotional thing. 
Um, but you know, life is about change, I guess. That's how it goes, man. It's, um, yeah, it's just how it goes. So good luck with that, man. I'll, I'll have a lot to share. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you've got like a plan, even if it might not be the, you know, the forever plan Well, there's no forever plans, but you know what I mean? Like you've got something to where you're looking at August without it being a complete gaping void. So that's good. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it, man. Take it easy, everybody. Please send us your thoughts about Raymond's PA needs. Feedback at giggabpodcast.com. We really want to hear your thoughts because we only know about what we know about. And it's limited because you get what you get and you use it. And then you don't, you're not an expert on everything. You can't be. So we need you. Let us know. Hey, what's that thing, Paul? Always be performing, Dave. Oh, thank you. I'll remember that. You too. You too.